G'day, and welcome to the Hunter's Campfire Podcast. My name's Mark, and along with good mate Ian, we're here to help with all things hunting. If you're looking to start, but don't know where to begin, you want to make the most of your next trip away, or even plan to hunt of a lifetime, we've got something for you. You'll find our podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and plenty of others. And if you want more, head over to our YouTube channel, The Hunter's Campfire, where we have plenty of how-to and hunting videos, along with the full video production of every podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and good hunting. Good evening and welcome to the Hunter's Campfire podcast on a nice, cold, late May evening. Mark, how are you this evening, mate? I'm very well, thank you very much. Ian, how's it about yourself? Well, like I said, it's cold. I'm up here on the downs and it's been raining, raining. We had 100 mil last night. The sheep are clean. They've been washed out in the paddock and uh, we're just uh, not used to winter rain. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting couple of days. That's all right. We get into it. We're uh, getting ready to head back out to Nundle this weekend, so um, hopefully the rain doesn't follow us down there because we'll we'll be wet, soggy, and being chased around by leeches. But I bet it's going to be cold. A horrible thing. Yeah, it'll be cold. Yeah, we're it's talking be cold. minus two degrees or something like that. And a quick trip to Nundle. Sometimes you think, oh, do I want to leave the camper behind that's got a fireplace in it and just take the swag, or do I bother setting the whole thing up? It's a conundrum. It's all right. Um, We've got Craig with us, and I'm not going to introduce Craig yet. Some people will try and figure out exactly who he is by the face, but this is a man that might often sit behind a camera, not in front of one, so people might not recognise Craig. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. This yeah, is mate. not Thank you very much. This is not Jono 2.0. This is our guest for the evening, so you'll get to know him shortly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better explain that. Jono is currently crook. He's got COVID again for the know, eighth time or something like that. Mm. He seems didn't realize, to, um, I didn't realise you could catch it eight times. But... No, we didn't either. <laughs> the man seems to be a it seems to be a COVID magnet, unfortunately. So he's crook again. So. Oh, poor yeah. bugger. Mm. Yeah, very good. Mark Red Deer. Red Deer. So, um, as will soon be released in the video, I started my raw preparation in late January with a trip to the range. And I finished my raw on the 12th of May this year, and I didn't shoot a deer. I went, <laughs> I think I was at eight, eight different occasions, maybe. I don't know. I've lost track. Um, bizarre. So before the, the raw, deer were everywhere. As soon as they started roaring, the, the block <laughs> denuded itself of all deer. Um, the stags went up onto the hills and just didn't come down. And I was uh, there last Friday and I saw two stags together, which pretty much said, well, the roar's over. And they were at 1,100 metres over two sets of different wire. So, so it would have had to have been a, a very a very good double shot, a very good shot of a poacher to shoot over, you know, okay. double, double poach over two blocks. To get them. Oh, sort of thing. Though I did meet the property owner whose block I think they were on, so that might that might help me uh, down the track. But unfortunately, so yeah, my um my red deer experience and my uh, raw experience this year was a bust. Saw lots but, of deer, but you were very picky, which is good. It's fine. 
Yeah, well, that's what I mean. And look, let's be honest. If I up there in February, if I wanted to shoot things, I'd burn a barrel out. But um, that's not what I wanted to do. Very good. Craig, lots of uh, trophies on the wall behind you. Um, did you get out and about in amongst the madness of uh, what you've been up to recently? Uh, to be honest, I uh, only got out for about four days with a uh, good mate of mine, uh, Brad Murphy, the bow hunting coach. So, yeah, we families got together over Easter and we got out for a couple of mornings, a um, couple of close encounters with, uh, with a fellow buck. But, um, yeah, for, unfortunately, the only thing I shot was a rabbit and it was a very expensive rabbit, so I didn't get my arrow back. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was, uh, yeah, it was still good fun. Yeah. Um, it's been a very busy time, busy, busy start to the year. And yeah, all the plans I had for, for, um, getting up on the red deer and fallow deer and things like that were just, yeah, blown out of the, out of the water. So, well, I'm sure. but there's plenty of exciting things coming up in the next couple of months. So yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah, we're very I'm excited. sure with, uh, friends like Brad Murphy, you've, you've been out more than once. Uh, we, we try to get, we try to get out, um, you know, all yeah, we've we've got a we've got a really good solid group of people that love hunting, and um, we try and get out quite often and on a social level, um, and yeah, just just enjoy it, enjoy it for what it is. So mm. yeah, we try and make the most of that. Well, that's about good. you, Ian? About me, what, Mark? Out hunting, but uh, oh. your uh, the 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 wrap up of the of of uh, the rut and rule for you. Oh look. Um, I took a group out. A lot of people know I took a group out. Twenty uh, five odd fellas came into camp over over a ten day period, which was great. Um, we hosted it. Uh, Craig, you probably weren't following it, but we hosted it down in public land and just invited a lot of the listeners to come down and and put a lot of the the knowledge that we try and push out on socials into practice. Uh, a lot of people come that have never shot a deer. In fact, there were people came into the camp that had never seen a deer, never touched a deer, um, that managed to take their first uh, their first deer. Uh, which is fantastic, and that's what oh, it's that's all awesome. about. Yeah, mm. it's just it's just the best thing. And you know, they get to bring it in. We run competitions. Um, some of them, I think, uh, for old Dave, Dave, Dave shot his first deer ever, and I had a competition out there that said um, uh, the the hunter that brings the first carcass back into camp whole um, wins a prize, and it was going to be a, a you know butchery set. So we were going to butcher up the carcass, and and then they would get the knife set at the end of it, which was a a nice way to celebrate it. Well, um. He dragged that thing up and down a few gullies and back to camp. Uh, still had the guts in it, so it was fairly heavy. <laughs> Baptism by fire, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and um, just to make it a little bit worse for him, he, he got that the day before the competition started, so we ruled him out. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just how rough uh, hunt camps can be. But um, yeah, it's a great experience for people, and, and they all get to learn a little bit. So, yeah, that's the way they go. Oh, that's but, fantastic. Yeah, we managed to shoot a few deer to bring them into camp and show people around. Um, my rut is not quite over. Um, the, the deer are cycling again now, six weeks after the rut. So we're heading back to those spots that we've seen bucks um, this weekend for a quick That's check awesome. and see if there's a last chance of um, snagging one of the big ones that we saw, but we didn't quite get to bring into camp. So, what, what do you think that is? What do you think that is that they're still going now? Because oh, I think some of the um, some of the some of the does wouldn't have. Um, become pregnant mm. and they'll cycle again. They cycle yeah. six weeks after the original rut. So um, they, yeah, uh, there's a bit of a school of thought that says that the dominant stags will be completely shagged 
was a pun there, uh, yeah. by now. Um, and it, it really gives the satellite bucks and some of the other ones a chance, I think, to get in and they, they hang around. Whether the yeah. big ones are still there, I don't know. But um, you think that varies from location to location? Like, I think, think the six the six week period doesn't change. That's a that's yeah, just the cycle of the, of the deer. Yeah, and I, the and they'll and they'll do it six weeks after this six weeks as well. So they'll go three times, and you know those that are barren are barren. But by then the bucks have given up and they'll move off. Yeah, um, yes. and they'll yeah. they'll bachelor up. But hmm. yeah, can be quite a productive time. Um, you know the 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 main. Uh, stag of the area can become a bit lazier, I guess. They, they're trying to feed up after they've been battling on for a while. Uh, we've got some amazing footage of, um, of 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 a few bucks scrapping, and just for hours and hours and hours, they just fight and fight, and they don't stop, and they're just blood everywhere. It's just crazy so how like, hard they get. Oh, yeah. shocking. And there's been some stuff that's gone up on the socials uh, recently, you know, and this poor bucket, he's down and out on the ground, and the dominant is just smashing into him. Yeah, like there's no mercy. And then they're no, buddies again. No. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go uh, hang out in the paddock after. Yeah, that's right. Ten, for ten months a, of the year, they're best mates. Yeah. Yeah, having a punch up on the rugby field and shaking hands on the way off. That's but, right. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a bit sports, strange, but nature's pretty fun like that to watch. So, yeah. mm. um, okay, so Craig, let's talk a little bit about uh, why we have you on the show and. Um, like I said, most people won't recognise you um, uh, as Craig Pringle, but you, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, own a director of um, Black Fox Productions, yep. right? And yeah, some people right. may know Black Fox Productions from other things, but most exciting for all of us in the hunting community at the moment is that you've put together the program that aired last week called The Season. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this to come out. Oh, it's been – I'm sure you have as well. But um, Yeah, um, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. And um, we interviewed um, Dylan on the show, oh, yeah. would have been a year ago, just just before your crew was going to show up at Dylan's place to start some filming. So there's yeah. a bit of an air yeah. of excitement around it at that point. Um, yeah. But, uh, hey, congratulations. It's out now. Um, Thank you. Uh, how's how's week one been? You must have had a lot of feedback. Mate, it's been, yeah. I, look, we couldn't have timed it any better because we had Wild Deer Expo right. <laughs> last weekend. Yeah. And I went down there. and um, But, yeah, like the, the show aired on Wednesday night. Um, the the feedback's been fantastic. I mean, we've just had a lot of love in the in the Instagram um, messages coming through from everyone, um, a lot of interest from all over Australia. So, yeah, I couldn't be happier with the way that it's gone. I mean, just to, I guess the the relief is now um, that it's out and everyone can, you know, you can access it and it's it's relatively uh, easy to access through either Binge or My Foxtel or Live on Foxtel. So um, there's a few options and a few ways you can watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to it to come out, you know, six, seven, eight months ago. But yeah, you know, there there was there was a lot of work that went into um, convincing the powers that be. There were you know promises made. There there was um, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but like you know, there were certain networks that accepted um, the the um, the pitch and the and the show, and then you know two months go down the down the track and then that's revoked and we can't oh. you know, can't move forward so that's part of the reason why it took so long so for everyone that's been hassling me for the last year um yeah i mean i apologize 
before that. But yeah, we haven't, we didn't give up. We fought real hard to get it on there. And um, yeah, I'm really, really happy that it's out there now and we can keep pushing and keep yeah. going for series two and three and four and just keep telling, um, you know, the good stories about hunting and Australian hunters and, and putting it on the world stage. So. Oh, that's a backstory I wouldn't have guessed. But um, so for so for those that you see in the social are saying, I wish it was free to wear, I wish it was over here, I wish it was there, um, go and flog some your mate's fox owl logging and go and watch it if, if that's yeah. what you got to do. But yeah, at least yeah. it's I mean, out, right? That's great. Yeah, binge, binge is 15 bucks a month. So yeah. cancel Stan and get binge. <laughs> <laughs> jump jump, a, o- jump over for a couple first, of months. Guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that's all right. Well, good on them for supporting it. And um, yeah. so can you maybe give us uh, just a little bit of the what's to come and not, not certainly not the um, the characters and, and the storyline, but what, what, is, what is the average viewer going to see here? We've, we've, we've bumped into three different groups, I guess. I was going to say characters, but there's a, mm-hmm. there's a couple of couples there, or well, a couple, yep. couple of duos. Um, are we going to continue to see them? Is this a, you know, an evolving yeah. story for them? Because... That's exactly right. Yeah. So what what I wanted to do um, with the show was give it a completely different format. So a, d- a completely different feel. Um, I've worked for a long time in uh, in TV, and I've worked on reality TV shows and documentaries and all that sort of stuff. And I just felt like there was you know room in the market, um, so to speak. For, for a hunting show to have a different format and to be able to tell multiple stories all through a series. Mm. Um, and that's what we've done. So we've got, you know, uh, there's six different uh, groups or duos or, mm-hmm. you know, um, pairs of people that uh, we follow along the hunting season. And that's where the name came from, the yeah. season. Yeah. So we, we, the idea was if we had endless money and time, I would have loved to have just gone and spent, you know, three or four months with each person and just hung out and gone hunting every day, but that's just not a reality. Um, so what ended up happening was we would go and spend time with these people um, in hunting camp and just document everything that happens and just ask them questions along the way and just f- find out more about them as a, as a person, find out why they hunt um, and why they do what they do, what their background is, because we've, what I've tried to do as well is, bring in people from all different backgrounds. So we've got, you know, like, um, you know, Patrick Galvin, who's, you know, he's a a very accomplished um, corporate um, businessman. He works in the city in a suit day to day. And, you know, he's, he's connected with Brad Murphy, learned the art of, of archery and um, bow hunting. And now he's obsessed with it and, you know, he's relatively new to it, but, you know, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the show, but some pretty no, crazy stuff happens in the show um, down the track. So, yeah, I mean, and it was just really great to hang out with people like him. You know, he's just so passionate about it. He's, he's an amazing guy. He, you know, he runs ultra marathons. He does the hut to hut 100 Ks through the mountains. And, you know, he, uh, yeah, and he loves bow hunting. And that's just, just a new obsession that he's got. And then there's other people like, um, you know, Ben Solaris, who's, also a great mate of mine now got to spend a lot of time with him in hunting camp and um he's been bow hunting since he was you know knee high you know he's been chasing his his, his dad pete solaris was you know one of the uh, original bow hunting uh um uh founders there in, in tully from the bow hunters the tully bow hunters club and um he was taking ben hunting um in cape york you know when he was five six years old running around 
chasing pigs. So, you know, we've got there's two very big contrasts in in experience and um, and uh, I guess you know life life experience as well. But at the end of the day, we're all hunters and we all come together at the end, and we've got one <laughs> we've got one thing in common: we love hunting, and mm. um, and that's the whole point of it. That's the point of the show is to tell those stories um from all different perspectives and make it appealing and um and palatable for the general public as well that was always a big a big thing for me i wanted to make it easy you know wanted to make it interesting enough for hunters experienced hunters to watch and go oh yeah i'll, I'll take something away from that episode but also entertaining enough and um i guess uh yeah easy enough to watch so that a, a non-hunter could watch it and actually see our point of view and take something away from it. So mm-hmm. I think cool. I think we've found a good balance. Yeah, great. It'll be really interesting to watch it play out. It, it, it kind of has a feeling um, like the Alone series that's out when you're talking about introducing um, the different um, personalities. Yep. Um, yep. Good to hear, now I know, um, and other people will hear it shortly, um, there's six personality types if you like or six groups of people so we're clearly going to meet the other three that's right tomorrow night and wednesday yeah so um oh that's good we'll get we'll get to understand who the other personalities are so so half hour episodes it's three segments so yeah um the idea is that over each episode we rotate and cycle through those six storylines so it's a continuation as it goes through so like um the end of the first episode it teases uh ben solaris and pete solaris going out for their hunt in cape york um so that'll that's where it'll pick up in the next episode and so on and so on so it's sort of that binge format yeah where you know once it's all available online you could just sit there and watch it all in one go and it's just going to be like one big um, one big series so yeah it all just sort of ties in Mm. so the the name itself because i mean you know, it's it's interesting because I've I've had this discussion sometimes heated with people that you know there isn't such a thing as a season in hunting, um, that's, and that's I actually of... I actually think that's wholly incorrect. I think there is, and, and I think our conversation about you know when deer rut is a fine example of that. So I, I actually quite you know quite enjoy the or I quite appreciate the idea that it, it's about season or seasons Mm. so what's the kind of your thoughts behind why you went that particular way in terms of its title so my first my first train of thought was i want i didn't want to have anything in the name that mentioned hunting Mm. (laughs) so that was my first thing i thought i I don't want to have any any name associated with the word hunting or hunter or anything like Mm. that um Obviously, meat eater was taken, so I. Um... <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. So well, you can always little... spell it M E E E E T. You get away yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah. Meat and eater, or, or like M three three T. Yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so I, I just wanted something that was different, and then I was, you know, I guess that it was also the format that I was thinking about. I was, I was writing, you know, synopsis for myself, trying to explain you know, get what was in my head out on, on, on paper or in, on, in words. And, um, yeah, the first line that came out was following hunters during their hunting season. And that, and I was like, Oh, hang on. Well, this is the season. So, 
Um, yeah, and I, I think it's kind of interesting. That, yeah, as you said, there's. I think we're lucky in Australia. We don't really have a hunting season. Our hunting mm. season's the whole year, really. There's always something that we can hunt. Um, not so much the case in other countries, but I think that's what's special about us as as a as a hunting um, community here in Australia. So that's pretty much where it came from. Mm. Yeah. So I, mean, I, 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 to me, the idea of season is that you know we don't have them as in we don't have a calendar that says, you know, from here to here, but they exist. And that's kind of what I really like about that message. You know, it kind of exists outside of you saying, okay, it starts here and ends here. No, that's what you reckon. But outside of that, it's actually, there is a season. It exists. Deer, duck, everything has, you know, has a, has a, a natural season as it were. Yeah. Or even when I see, you know, like in your, you know, with the fishing and stuff like that there is yeah there is seasons but we just you know we we try to think you know we overlay the calendar and think that's how the animals act no it's (laughs) kind of the other way around yeah yeah exactly right exactly right i think yeah as overall you know as a hunter or a fisherman you know we there's always something that you can chase there's always Mm. something that you can do um it just i think it just the way that it works out is that obviously you know around now we will you know we've just had the rut and the raw and then the next thing that's going to come up, we, you know, start preparing for backpack season for, for, um, for Samba deer in September and chasing stags. And, and then, you know, just quietly go up to Cape York in June when it's nice and cold. And, um, <laughs> in Victoria, we go to Cape York and chase pigs and buff and, and other species. So, um, yeah, there's always something that we can chase. So our season's always just always going. We're always looking for the, for mm. the, for our own hunting season. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. So the 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 people that you eventually had uh, on the show, where did you? I use the word source them from. Did you? Were they known personalities to you before you pulled this together, or um, like what was your process of identifying six unique characters? <laughs> so I started. This was this was a bit of a labor of love over COVID. So during the first lockdown, um, obviously the TV industry and everything shut down. Um, I had a lot of time on my hands. I was sitting at home and I was like, right, well, this is the time to like, I can actually make use of my time here and start working on this passion project of mine and, and actually put the time that it deserves into it. So I started looking around, um, you know, stalking people's profiles (laughs) on social media and things like that. And I actually put a couple of, it actually cracks me up because I put a couple of posts up on, um, a couple of the Facebook pages like, um, Hunting Australia and yeah, a few right. others, I can't remember. I literally just put a post up saying, hey, I I'm, want to do a documentary series about hunters. If anyone's keen, like I'd love to just, you know, have a chat, start a conversation. And, and literally like all the comments were like, oh, yeah, what a way to try and get onto someone's property. Or uh, you're going to steal people's hunting spots and this and that. And geez, like, we're not a cynical bunch at all. <laughs> <aren't we? laughs> so I was cracking up. But then that's actually how I met Patrick. Like um, Paddy was just he, he like he's you know straight into it yep i'm keen i'll chat to you and i got on the phone and we spoke for a couple of hours and I, we've literally been mates ever since so mm. um yeah it just happened to be that he was talking to brad about archery coaching i knew brad through um actually doing his uh bow hunting seminars and and courses i'd done one of his courses a couple of years ago so yeah that just kind of all worked out um ben same deal like i just i just contacted him said you know would you be interested in 
in doing this with me and he was very um very supportive sarah was the same sarah's uh, the chef right yeah she's a chef yeah. she was a chef from um uh from tassie yeah. uh Eamon waddington as well he's another great my it was actually funny because i was talking to Eamon waddington he runs broadside hunting up in um new south wales and i was talking to him for quite a while about the show and we we were actually talking coming trying to come up with ideas of who we could get on the show mm. <laughs> like for ages then i was like hey i was like why don't you just do it and um, aiden was the first fellow wasn't he on the Eamon, yeah Eamon, sorry yeah Eamon. yeah yeah the yep. first guy in the first sex so i was like you teach people to hunt how to hunt all the time like why don't you just do it and um he was like yeah okay took he took a little bit of convincing but yeah got him on board and it just sort of made sense um and then same with dylan um Dylan and Kira, um, we just started chatting to them, and I just love what they're doing. Oh, you yeah. know, like they—they are—they're awesome power couple. They walk the walk, you know. They—they they really live the lifestyle that we all dream of, and um, yeah, it was—it was really cool to get up there and see what they get up to. So, all in all, it was essentially just a process of, um, yeah, Facebook stalking and and reaching out to the network of people that I that I knew already and it all just sort of happened from there. We were, there was a lot of conversations, you know, we trying to, I guess there was probably a few people that we vetted that kind of went, Oh, maybe that's, this is not the best look for, <laughs> for, for TV and hunting, you know, but um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I thought it was funny that everyone thought I was just trying to steal people's hunting spots and, and get the good oil on where, <laughs> where they were trying to hunt. So. Well, but, it worked, it, it worked out all right. Yeah. It worked out all right. Yeah. Oh, it would be interesting to meet some of the other ones as they come on uh, next week. Um, yep. The other question I was going to ask you was, so obviously hunting is a passion of yours, which is why it was a pet project, mm -hmm. completely different to all of the other stuff you've done. I was just quickly searching the website, um, yep. you know, your your website, and you, you've done stuff for Honda and Isuzu and most of the free-to-air channels. Like there's lots of work that you've done corporately. Yeah. Um, how different was it working with those professional organizations versus trying to pull together your own show, you know, for um, something that is, you know, you're obviously passionate about it's, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not hiring, you know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, so we, we've got a production company, um, that we've been running for oh, the last three and a half years. Um, and then in the last two years, it's, it's gone you know, gone gangbusters, really. We've got another show um, that we've developed, pitched um, and put to air that's currently on air at the moment as well, oh, actually, yeah. on, on SBS called Wild Food. Um, and so that's essentially following a chef, Kanong, who uh, was on yeah. MasterChef. He's, we've, I've taken him all around Australia and put him in some really crazy situations. And again, it's, it's, it's my passion and, uh, you know, we've gone bluefin tuna fishing and um uh samba deer hunting we've gone fallow hunting in tassie we've gone trout fly fishing in tassie um we've, we've cooked wild boar up in um cape uh in um uh, mission beach hmm. so um again still following that passion so we've got that up at the moment um and what when the season started um when we started doing that i've got a lot of uh good friends and work colleagues that i've worked with that really just you know went above and beyond to make this happen so tim wise is a he's actually the series producer on the block um he he jumped i'll tell you a funny story in a minute but yeah he he came on board to give me a hand at the start and um 
Todd Beglinton, another camera operator who works on the block with me um, in the past. He he jumped on board and and gave us a hand. And um, Travis Wood, Soundo came and gave us a hand. So you know, there's there's a bunch of really uh, really awesome guys that are really um, good at what they do and professionals and work in the industry that that you know put their hand up and gave us a chop out really and and we ended up with a with a cool show to to show for it um Hmm. and like i said we we started talking about this and planning this in COVID during that first lockdown and um at the time i was working on the block and that was the only show that didn't get shut down because of the building site when we were in lockdown (laughs) and um loopholes yeah (laughs) that loophole yeah yeah yeah. 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 so which was i mean it was i'm not going to complain it was yeah it was a COVID didn't like hammers no, it was weird though. Like we had, you know, anyway, we, we got in there and they built like a big, it was like a set out, literally, I mean, it was a TV set, but we had like, you know, radioactive tents and stuff that we had to walk through and get spread. Anyway, that's another story. But that, um, that, that series finished and I, I literally remember sitting there and I had the whole first um, series for the season mapped out. It was all on paper, like had everything done, everyone locked in. And then it was, uh, we were about to go into lockdown again, I think. And I rang Tim, who was the producer, and I rang um, Tom, and I rang the other guys, and I was like, we've got to do this, and we've got to do it now. I'm going to leave at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. This is on a Saturday. I was like, I'm going to leave tomorrow at 5 a.m. and drive to New South Wales, and we're going to start filming. Are you in? And they both went, fuck yeah, we'll see you at 5 a.m. <laughs> so I literally got up, drove to... Um, yeah, From Victoria, to- right? From Victoria, from, yeah. So I drove, picked them both up at 5 a.m. on the Sunday with the car with the 4B full, full of camera gear and camping gear, hunting gear, and we just went north. And that was pretty much the rest of history. <laughs> we start, went up to a hut up in, um, yeah, the the New South Wales highlands there at Eamon's place, and we just started filming. And then we from there we went to uh, far north Queensland. From there we went to Cape York, um, ended up in Pomperol. And I think we're I think we're away for about six or seven weeks in the first wow. in the first uh, little stint. So yeah, it was really good. Like it was a it was a interesting mission for for COVID. Anyway, so we got out of lockdown for a little bit with permits. Everything was legit. You yeah, know, yeah, we didn't we didn't, we didn't break any rules. Border border raiders, border jumpers. Yeah, it got it got e- it got easier the further you went north. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we 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 did we didn't do any, we didn't break any laws. Just in case anyone's thinking that. But yeah, we did we went north as soon as we could. So yeah, it was really cool to have those guys back it and um get it done essentially. Mm. Yeah. So sorry, Matt. You go, Ian. Go. I was just going to say. Um, so you found those personalities. You you got the um, the recording underway. Obviously, went up and around north. What what you were saying before. How long did it take you to capture the content? You said that you were quite well delayed just through various different commercial conversations you were having. Um, but like... Is, Everyone is... was different. Yeah. Yeah, so every storyline was different. Um, Tassie, we managed to get out of the way. Like, we got it done pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, Dylan and Kira, we got, um, you know, we got a lot of content in... Oh, I can't remember how long I was up there for. I think it was... 10 days or two, two oh, weeks. So I can't, I can't remember exactly. Um, so yeah, we got a lot, a lot of content out of that. Um, up with Eamon, it was the same deal. We had about two and a half weeks up there. Um, it was about four weeks 
in total going between um I don't want to ruin it but like yeah so what no don't do that there, there was <laughs> there was there was a fair bit of travel happening um in Queensland so between far north Queensland somewhere slightly south and then back up to to Cape York um and then the probably the the one bit of content that took the longest Oh, to get, I don't want to ruin it, but no, like, Victoria was Victoria. <laughs> the Victorian stuff took the longest, put it that way. And it was um, the closest to home. It was the closest to home. So we lit, literally took us one year to the day. Wow! To get all the things done that we needed to get done. Yeah. And, so and it was. Uh, sorry, yeah, it was a mission. So what does one year translate into? production for you guys yeah, into, where i was I mean, going with that too what, what's the ratio uh, here what is that that's how many episodes do we expect is that a secret so there's no no there's eight episodes and so that's four hours i suppose yeah roughly um yeah but not it's probably about 40 minutes <laughs> 40 minutes of uh used content for the show but in a year yeah Holy smokes. And that's forty minutes. That's forty minutes of the Samba crew. Yep. So you kind of you can do the math. I'm not going to ruin it, but yeah, the bow hunting coach, the bow hunting student, and Samba deer. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was obvious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, wow. You know, episode number one, um, the two guys um, wandering out with their bows in the afternoon on the crunchy leaf leaf and and you know most won't think this way but you know we do um we put our amateur stuff out on on youtube um and it's more to help others understand what we're doing so they can get into what they're doing so we, we try and do it as educationally as we can um uh but in the back of my mind i'm thinking cr you know crunchy leaves middle of the afternoon how, i don't know how many camera guys and sound guys that were behind them at the same time like yep. how's this going to happen um yeah yeah, you know, exactly. so I can I can see that could have been frustrating at a period of time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we we certainly learnt a lot um, when it came to to filming. I, I guess what what happened, the reason why that started at that time was because we we just had to start filming. Like we, it was yeah. it was a warm time of year, and we we're like, well, we we're here now. We might as well start. Like, let's start the storyline happening and getting the um, yeah, getting it going. And there's certainly. There's a journey that that progresses on from from that first little night in camp. Um, we actually that that day, or sorry, that follow. Oh, hang on, I've got to make sure again. I don't want to ruin it, but yeah, there was some close encounters that happened at that time. You know, so even when it's warm, it's not impossible to do, and that's even, mm. that's with four people. So, so when you're in, so you know, from from the production side of things. So what is that? So there's the people hunting. So is there? Is there? A, do you have a camera person, or do you have, an, or a separate sound person, or is that happen the same? How's that work? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounds like a huge production. Yeah, no, no. What we, we try. I, I one thing that I was set on doing when I started this was I wanted to, I wanted to treat it like any other TV show that I would I've ever worked mm. on. There was nothing going to be any different about it. Obviously, that you know running around mountains, chasing wild animals has its challenges. <laughs> so that's what I mean. I, mean, doing you, a... I, I, I <laughs> admire that you wanted to make, I admire that you want to make it like every other TV show, but 
Yeah. I mean, the block might be a you know might be a fight, but you know at least you're in, nah. inside a oh, house. Look, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. It was <laughs> you know, yeah, it was a lot of work. Right. Imagine yeah. the block. First, we have to find the contestant. Yeah. They're up there on that mountain <laughs> somewhere, and then you got to yeah. shoot them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you got to find them, okay? And then and then, yeah. and they and they might not want to be found. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah and then I, and then you got to get into thirty yards. That's but it. Don't do, yeah. don't shoot yet because we've got to film it. That's yeah. right. Are you ready? No, I'm not ready. Yeah. So yeah. So. No, but so, yeah, it was it was certainly we we, we learned a lot. Um, it, it was it was tough. Like, but I mm. look to the credit of the guys and girls that are on the show. Like, I mean, they're very skilled hunters, and I guess you know it's sort of taking your hunting skills to the next level. Having a six foot three bloke with a camera behind you, traipsing around the bush trying to get the job done. Um, so it's credit to them, really. You know, like they yeah. they're amazing. I got I got yelled at a lot. Um, were um, you the camera guy? Yeah, I was the camera. I was you were the camera. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, it was. Um, so, so how many? What was the? What was the crew then? If it so, were? there's two cameras. So there's two, two cameras. cameras. Um, I was camera A, and then Tom was camera B. Um, and uh, we had a producer. I, I produced a lot of it myself. Uh, Tim was a producer on the first two trips, so he came along for that. Um, and we also had a soundo for the first couple of trips, but. We ended up deciding that I would just do the sound because it just ended up getting too hard having yeah. that many people getting around. So there's master interviews, which we had soundos for, um, but all the location field stuff was just, yeah, basically two cameras. I ran sound. And, and um, are you carrying professional cameras? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've actually got it right here. Yeah, yeah, show us. That wasn't planned, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I'm, I'm really interested. So oh, you're, you're right, eh? Dragging so that around the bush. Oh, you know what? I saw one of those today. Yeah. That so, yeah, box, it's, it's, that it's box. not like... I saw one of those today. I was at the airport, and this woman walked past, and she was carrying just the box without the lens in it, and I thought, that's an interesting-looking camera. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, we because we, we wanted to um, have, obviously, broadcast-quality mm. stuff. Um, we used, yeah, we used the the highest quality cameras that we could and um we broke a couple of cameras we smashed a couple of <laughs> couple of cameras we we went through some gear it was tough on the gear that's for sure mm. so um, Jeez, you must have had some moments on the way on the way out where you know close calls that didn't quite come off or broken camera something like that you knowing you have to come back and have another crack at it yeah yeah no oh there was yeah there was a lot of close calls actually we had um yeah, we dropped. I think I went through two cameras, two two C three hundreds. What are they um, worth? Throw, Craig. Uh, for the camera, oh, fully rigged up, probably about eighteen grand. Yeah. Yeah, between eighteen and twenty-two. Um, yeah. Luckily, I got good insurance. I didn't tell them what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Can you please take that out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take that out. yeah. Wow. Um, no, no, um, and yeah, we had some major car issues with the four wheel drive up north. Um, we had not naming any names. We had someone medevaced out of uh, of Cape York. Um, yeah, so we had some we had some good injuries. We've had yeah, there was a few stories there. Uh, is there going to be a like a behind the scenes version of this once it's finished? You don't have a um, the bloop is real. 
<laughs> we've got I've actually got a folder of all the behind the scenes stuff that we started filming, mm. but there's probably a lot of it would probably not the best idea to put that yeah. out. <laughs> um It'd be interesting but, yeah, to watch. Yeah. 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 It's a, that's a holy, you know, it's 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 really eye-opening when you talk about that because, you know, I suppose we've almost got too familiar with, you know, YouTube and self-filming and things like that. And mm. But this is just, you know, well, it's not even yeah. next level. It's kind of next planet, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a significant jump up that it must be a wholly different experience, you know, as you said, because yeah. that thing... That doesn't look like something you can sneak around in with that. No, no. Yeah, you got you sort of get used to it. There's a thing called a um a, a cine saddle, which is mm. like a I don't know if you've ever seen them. It's like a strap that goes over your shoulder yep. and like a beanbag. And that that was a savior. That was really really handy. Just having that sitting there walking around on that, it just takes the weight off your off your shoulders. Yep. Um, so you cut yeah. As we went on, we had you know there's a couple of little tools that we had that made life a little bit easier but yeah it was just one of those things like as a camera operator you kind of get used to just holding a camera on your shoulder the whole day so mm. that's just what you do but i think the biggest learning curve um was and we definitely got better as we you know as we progressed was like the whole stalking and um being aware of your surroundings I just you know as a hunter it just brought a whole new level and appreciation to stalking and um planning your stalks as well like that was that was a massive thing and i learned so much from like like ben solaris for example i mean he's just he just moves so well through the bush and he'll you know he'll say stay here wait for me go here plan it's all strategic planned out and next minute we're 20 30 yards from a you know from a rooster or or a chittle stag or something like that and um yeah you learn a lot when you're walking behind someone like that constantly watching every step it's, it's really interesting and it's mm. it's really cool to see your you know everyone's skills progress as we went because there's a lot to think about and it's and uh, being aware of your surroundings you know obviously other crew members that not not be used to firearms and um crocs or fires or <laughs> you know any of those sort of things you just got to be you got to have your head on a swivel, really, when you're looking through the camera the whole time, and you got to be really careful. And yeah, we had a couple of close calls and yeah, a couple of injuries, but all part of the parcel. It all survived. Yeah, I just can't even fathom how you um, you put the crew behind a a bow hunter who would you know normally be oh, on his own. Yeah, that was mainly just me and myself and and the bow hunter like when we were bow hunting it was a little bit of a different story so yeah. we would what we would do is we'd have the crew would would do our um we would call them otf so on the fly interviews so we'll do our uh, otf interview prior to engaging on the stalk um and then once that stalk you know once we engage stalk mode we would everyone would drop back and then the um, bow hunter and i would just stalk in so it'd just be two of us for that part of the thing and try and close the gap um so yeah there were certain times but <laughs> yeah you mentioned that this is a you know this is a passion project for you yeah. which is you know that, that so what where, what's the passion then so how did you get to the passion of of making that uh so what's the passion behind making the the movie are you you know oh sorry the series 
have you is hunting something that you've always done is it is it is that the passion yeah. there yeah definitely i mean look I, i've i've just grown up um fishing being outdoors camping um a little bit of hunting when i was younger i grew up in south africa so in south africa it's obviously you know pretty common but it's also harder unless you know someone with a farm it's not like we're really lucky in australia it's not like mm. here where you can just you know go out in, in public so um yeah i had family family friends was i was sort of around it but um i left and moved to new zealand when i was um 14. i was going to say you had a very new zealand sounding south african accent yeah, going on there a bit, of, bit of confusion going on so yeah <laughs> so i lived in new zealand through all through my my teenage years and um yeah that was sort of where the the outdoor lifestyle and the passion really came from um and uh and then yeah moving here being exposed to everything here was just like another um another level really seeing all the opportunities that were available around australia um so i guess yeah that we're the passion for me is um, being a passionate hunter, being a passionate fisherman, and um, doing a lot of four drive camping, things like that. I've worked, I've worked on a lot of adventure shows, so I've worked on a lot of um, four drive shows and fishing shows and things like that. So I've always seen how it, things could be done, and I've and I've never thought that there was anything that represented the hunting community um, for Australia well. Um, Good on you. And yep. and, I, and I also just felt that, I don't know, like there was, there's a lot of obviously hunting content around that um, may not necessarily paint the best picture to the outside world. So I wanted to just try and do something like I, I've always been open about hunting and what I do and what I enjoy doing. Um, I've never shied away from telling random people at a dinner party or a kid's mm -hmm. birthday party or whatever that I'm into hunting and, and what I've been up to on the weekend. And I've never had any issues. And so I could never understand why there was so much hatred or, you know, angst against our way of life and what we do. So I wanted to, yeah, essentially just show the other side of hunting and, and get that message across that we're not just, you know, bloodthirsty beer drinking shooting up the, the the bush you know stereotypical hunter we you know we actually care about the environment we care about um conservation and and all those words get thrown around a lot but i mean it's, it's the truth like we do care about it and we probably do more not probably we do do more than majority of the population to to um make sure that we've got bush to go to and hang out in and and keep the hunting heritage going they're our kids really so yeah i mean we had peter ryan on very recently and he was talking about his connection to some of the stuff that he's been involved in in africa you know and it's 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 of a grand scale what he's talking mm. about in terms of the conservation activities there in you know really mm. you know significant yeah. um but certainly you know i think that's a, a worthy message it, it's an interesting thing you know and we all we've all got uh, views in it because we've all seen it and been exposed to it that idea of um the role of what a hunter is i think is mm. is very difficult for people to articulate so uh, any yeah. kind of thing that helps articulate that to to a wider audience is, is certainly certainly worthy cause you know what yeah. what's it all about um and i think because you know in australia there is a there's more of a linkage to shooting than there is hunting 
as in it's yeah. shooting for pest mitigation or crop protection or mm. something like that. Yeah. Or, or some kind of commercial activity like roo shooting or, you know, or what once upon a time was croc shooting and things like that. Whereas I think the hunting has somehow got lost in all that. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, and everyone's story is different. Yeah. Everyone's story is different. You know, like yeah, that's, you know, you, sometimes you see that as well, where like even between the, um, the subcultures of hunting, you know, there can be some, you know, I don't know, uh, disagreements, I suppose you could say. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all passionate about the same thing. And, um, and even though we've got a different background, different story, we all end up at the same point, you know, so. Yeah, uh, that, that's, you know, again, that's a, a really important point because, you know, um, like in Tasmania, you know, hunting wallaby is a completely, you know, it's a traditional activity, you know, mm, and yeah. they hunt them with dogs, you know, they, yeah. the dogs drive them and they shotgun them and mm. that's, and, you know, because wallabies are regarded as a, 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 a species that need controlling and this is seen yeah. as a control activity. I remember recently, um, and I, I think these things kind of shock people sometimes because we tend to think about kangaroos and roo shooting for dog food and that kind of, you know, like some guy mm. leaning out of a truck on a spotlight and, there's a whole pile of kangaroos is, with no tails or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's the most efficient way to do it too. That's right. Well, it is. That's <laughs> yeah. if, that's, if, that's, if the outcome is that, then that, that is the best way to do it. I didn't realise, for instance, that in Tasmania, the kookaburra is an introduced species. Oh, I didn't know that. That's right. And they, they, they cull kookaburras. There you go. I did not know that. They introduced <laughs> kookaburras. Um, and, you know, so that was, uh, so, you know, when you think about, you kind of go, how's that possible? That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, that, you know, that, that heritage in Tasmania about, you know, taking wallabies for food and hunting them. And as I said, they, they, they drive them with dogs and things like that, that it, mm. I, it's wonderful that that actually gets seen because yeah. that's, if, if, if there's anything that's a truly hunt Australian hunting activity it's probably that you know that's, yeah yeah it's a it's in its approach to a to a to a native species that's um you know that's that's traditional that's been going for i don't know for how long mm -hmm. and it's seen as a completely sustainable approach to that same with duck hunting too yeah no i totally agree totally agree and it's yeah it's interesting like you know the whole the whole um i guess the uh perception of culling and all that sort of thing um you know as opposed to hunting and having hunters manage mm. different species um you know obviously every state's different and every animal species is different but then you know as an example you look at victoria with um you know the aerial culling that's going on all through the high country you know and they indiscriminately taking out you know massive numbers of of animals um and also then dropping 1080 but perception is that that's okay by the public um, you know, or the media or whoever you want to say, but then, you know, if, if, if hunters are up, up there hunting one deer for, for some meat for, you know, for, for, to take home for your family, like that's, that's seen as killer or, um, mm. you know, unacceptable. I don't know. Like I, I certainly know which way I'd rather go yeah. poisoning the thing. So, and that's, I mean, that's, you know, probably getting on the political side, but it's, uh, it's interesting, and I think that's again to to reiterate the point of um, you know the whole point of the show is to is to push that message and to show the general public why we do what we do. 
and who we are as a as a um as a collective of of hunters so mm. yeah, i think it's important. um it's it, it is a really interesting topic you know mm. you said before that you couldn't understand the hatred towards the hunter or the dislike of the hunter given that most of the conversations it had around it people weren't yeah against it yeah. you know or it's, too it's actually to say <laughs> yeah well i mean mark made a point quite a few discussions ago that um and you'll correct this statement mark go for your life here but um that people are more uncomfortable with the fact that you can be uncomfortable or you're putting yourself and you'll remember the the way that you put it mark but um people just don't understand it um and because they don't understand it it makes them feel awkward Mm. and that doesn't necessarily mean they don't like it they just need some explanation yeah um you know you know I, i work in a corporate environment um, outside of podcasting and, and hunting, uh, and I openly talk about it in, in my work. You know, I'll show up to, to to meetings with thirty people on on my day off if I'm in the bush, if yeah. there's something to to listen to or have a conversation about because I need to. Um, and people they just know what I'm up to and and it's okay. okay. And and a lot of them have come up and expressed an interest in in, in getting involved and and how do you go about it and can you share the meat and I'd love to try it. But every now and then you get someone who's a little bit different. And I, I, I remember this one person um, who I worked with who assumed that because I was a hunter that I just wanted to kill everything. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a and, that's and it was quite upsetting to me to think that yeah. that's the way they felt. And this person moved to a property that had deer, um, you know, um, running around in one of the back paddocks. And I heard the conversation in the background, you know, don't tell Ian, he'll show up and kill him. And I'm like, well, hang on, that, that, well, that that doesn't make any sense. That, that's mm. like saying you're female, so you know, yeah. you know, I, I'm attracted to you, and you know, mm. all of that. It's, and, it's and just no, it's just not no real. Yeah. yeah, that's no. right. You know, exactly. it's just exactly. just yeah. bizarre how, how people's brains work. But the majority of people are absolutely fine with it. Some yeah. need some explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And and just to you know, go on on that. Like, I think it's really great what you guys are doing with your hunter education and that sort of thing. Like, I think. There's a lot of, especially given the, the the pandemic and the things that were happening then, you know, meat not being available, and yeah. that was that was a real key moment um, for me when that started happening because I was like, this is this is the right time to get this messaging out for the show, especially. Um, but there was a lot of people that were getting in touch with with me and saying, oh, by the way, like, have you been out hunting lately? Have you got any meat? Like, you know, and they sort of started answering those questions and what. <laughs> All of a sudden, just let let uh, me get my cash register. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Exactly right. How much was that camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a very deep chest freezer, so it's now eighteen hundred bucks a kilo. Yeah, (laughs) yep, exactly. And but you know, I think one thing that I learned from all of that and chatting, like just chatting, and these are people that I know in everyday life, you know, like neighbours and and um, dads from childcare and all that sort of stuff, and. You know, I think one thing that I realise is that we might take our lifestyle a little bit for granted in that it's pretty gnarly what we do, you know. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really daunting for some people to to um, to take on. Like I think that it, the idea of it, the romantic idea of it is is there, but the actual doing of it is yeah. it's, it's pretty. It's you know, so true. It's yeah. hard work. Like it's it's not easy. You don't just yeah. walk out there and do it. Like it's 
it can be brutal. It's it, there's so many elements to it, and for someone that has had no um, previous experience with uh, with a firearm, for example, or previous experience in in the bush, you know, you give some guy on the street or girl on the street, be like, hey, here's a backpack, here's a gun, here's some ammo. All you got to do is drive four hours that way and then hike for seven hours up that hill. Make sure you don't leave anything behind. Like, it's, it's, it's to us, okay. we, we could literally talk about that and go, oh, yeah, cool. We'll do that yeah. on the weekend. But yeah. Don't excite me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for someone that's never done it before, it's, it's, it's a massive ask and it's very daunting. So anything like what you guys are doing just to get that, um, yeah, get that um, – just some practical, practical practical experience yeah practical yeah. experience and and just to have the opportunity to try that out and and be around it uh like-minded people like build the confidence around it and that's great really fantastic stuff i've been writing about this whole thought process a lot um and i mean i think one of the and actually the last thing i, I just submitted to the publisher today was uh, one of the things that hunting does and, and I mean, in, in, in a way, your, 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 your show brings this to the fore is that there isn't much, unless you're involved in it professionally, as in um, you're a doctor or a nurse or something like that, you don't see death much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It's not around you. And so what you do as a honey, you actually kind of, drop yourself right in the middle of that. And I think where, you know, and some of the criticism comes is that that's, you know, you, you're a killer and all that stuff. Well, yeah, kind of, I am, Yeah. you know, but so are you when you buy stuff from Coles, it's just that you're like the mafia about, boss and you've paid, to... you've paid the, the button man to go do the job for you. Know? <laughs> it's kind of, I'm, I'm just one yeah. down the chain as it were, exactly, you know, yeah. um, it's still the same price. And, and that whole, you know, people say, you know, like, you know, life happens and death, but it, it all happens, you know, and yeah. I think one of the, you know, the true, your, your show kind of highlights that when, you know, when you're looking at the, the you know, the, the shorts of people are cooking and they're saying, I've got control of what I've eating, eat, I'm eating because I've actually sought a level of control in the yeah. killing of it. You know, I've, I've been part of the process. Yeah, and I think for many people that is very confronting because you know that it that one is they're, they're so removed from food in terms of not mm. the eating part, it not the master chef part, you know, like yeah. Oh, yeah. oh salt bay guy, you know, <laughs> it's that that that's okay, that's way way up one end. What it is, yeah. it's down the other end, downstream is where yeah. where you know where the food or from the supply chain. That's where it all starts. And, yeah. you know, we're further down the supply chain, so we get to see those things. And I suppose, you know, the for you, the, you know, the the nice, um, the eloquent, you know, bridge for that is that you're filming the TV show that looks really glamorous, but you're not seeing, you know, you're breaking yeah. cameras and falling yeah, yeah. down. You know, yeah, that's yeah. happening to see yeah. that. And yeah. I think that's one of the, one of the, I actually think that's a, and from a hunting point of view, I think that's one of the great privileges of hunting that we actually mm. are involved in that process rather than being totally. dispossessed of that process. And well, in makes- terms of talking about it, I think what happens is you just become comfortable with the fact that you're comfortable with what you do. And so you just, yep. you know, people say, what do you do? Hunt. And yep. I say it all the time, you know, and mm. um, uh, I'll talk about it openly. 
and you know and most people kind of are kind of going i don't understand this i have no there's no anchor on this but i'm kind of interested in what you're saying very few people and but there is those who kind of just make a judgment call but they're the kind of people who make judgment calls on the fact that you yeah. drive a kia or something like that <laughs> yeah right? exactly they're, they're going to make a judgment call on anything you do so yeah. you know almost kind of this you know it's kind of like the you know the when the the olympic diving coach scores it they cut the bottom score and the top score and it's it's the ones in the middle that really mean anything and i think exactly. for most mm. of us those conversations with people in the middle yeah. who may have no knowledge but have an inkling of or even the you know the the um the 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 thought process of i don't know this but i'd like to understand it that's yeah. where the that's where um that's where the the what's it the social license lay and that yeah. is something that yeah. Ned Macon often talks about is, you know, you won't convince the people at both ends. At one end is the people who are already on your side and you can do anything. There's at the other end the people who will hate you for the for whatever reason. And you're not going to change that. That's you right. You, you're you're kind of just go, no matter okay, how how yeah, great the cinematography is. Right. You, you just you know, cut yeah, them out. Yeah, exactly, so okay, yeah. that's it. You know, you just cut them out. It's the people in the middle who kind of go. Yeah. And I think you know you were right when you said about COVID about. I think what COVID challenged for many people was the fact that this supply chain of food is is not as you know yeah. it's not as robust as we like to think it is. Yeah, oh, uh, we take for granted of how reliant we are mm. on that. You know, like it's, yeah. we're, we're we're a couple of big uh, you know, tankers full of fuel away from not having anything on the shelves. That yeah, that's right. We're 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 you know that's right. We're you know we're we're literally. Um, uh, Remove ad was it the ad blue diesel yeah. additive mm. and there's no more trucks and there's no more trucks yeah. there's no, no more food. chicken nuggets sorry no more salt bay no more yeah. salt bay. <laughs> speaking of the <laughs> speaking of the, the 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 ones what was your analogy with the the uh, the, the diving scorers. Yeah, the you know, the scores, they, you know, they cut they the, chop the, bottom they off. the scores, they cut the top and the bottom off and it's the scores in the middle that they, talk, they count. Talk to us about the bottom rung of the voters, Craig. Um, you've had a lot of, you would have had a lot of feedback over the last week or so. Um, yeah, did you get any crazies? I've only had one death threat. Only oh, one? One, oh, yeah. mate. You need to pick uh, a it's game only, up. It's only one, it's only week one. I that's think, not an invitation, by the way. Anyone that's listening, <laughs> please don't start sending me death threats. We'll get them from what's our that, friends. What's that, what's yeah. that meme? Meme? You got to push those numbers up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, we tried to, you know, we tried our best to push some buttons, but no, we've had, we've had um, but no negative feedback apart from one crazy person that was, yeah, gonna have a crack at knocking me off the perch. But um, mm. that's it. Every, literally, every single. Other bit of feedback has been one hundred percent positive. You know, yeah, and it wasn't. I, I was what I was nervous about, and I'll be honest. Like I was nervous about um, the, I guess the approach that we took, which you know it was soft, and I was I was nervous from my peers and the hunting community coming back saying, oh, that was too soft or that was you know, yeah. whatever. That's what I was worried about, and it hasn't happened yet. You know, maybe people are thinking it and they haven't said anything, but. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's been no for what it's worth. Around, it. I I give you one tiny little bit of negative feedback. It was mm. too short. I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more. I didn't. I didn't yeah, want I think, it to stop. I, I wanted. You want to call that yeah. constructive? Feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I well, just, I, that's it's funny like, that you say that. 
because I, I literally, because I, I, didn't, I didn't actually watch it on the, the big screen before. Like when we were editing it, it felt like forever because we were going through it constantly. We were changing mm. it. And we had to change it for the network. And then we had to have rounds of changes. And by the time it actually got to a finished product per episode, we probably watched it a hundred times, you know, so it just felt like forever. And then one, I guess, thing about having it um, go to air so long down the track after we'd finished post-production um, was that, yeah, I got to wash it with relatively fresh eyes. Mm. And I thought the exact same thing. I thought, oh, God, that went quick. Yeah. Uh, it was only half an hour. So with ads. maybe series, yeah, with ads. So maybe uh, series two will be one hour. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's always a problem with, you know, writing or, you know, in your case, video production around hunting, you know, there's, uh, there's, and it was explained to me once when I first started writing this, there's this, you know, the Stackham and Wackham crowd. Mm. And then there's the philosophical crowd. And it's very, very hard to find the the balance point between the people you, who want to, uh, the, the philosophy of what you're doing and the people who go, I want, you know, I want to see them down. Yeah, drop know, them. Stay yeah, on. That's yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Less that's, talk and uh, more shoot. That's the, <laughs> it's yeah, hard exactly. to find that balance. That's a very, very good way to describe it. I, I, yeah, I haven't been able to pull the words together to, to describe it, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. That's what we were trying to do. We we're trying to find that happy medium. But, yeah. um, look, you're never going to please everybody, but no. at the end of the day, I, yeah. I'm really proud of what everyone that has been involved has achieved. And I couldn't thank any, everyone that helped out, you know, like all the, all the guys and girls on, on camera, everyone behind camera, like, yeah, massive achievement. I think that to, to actually pull it off, not only during COVID, but to actually get it onto Australian TV is, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, you mentioned a couple of times about, you know, the changes for networks. Can you, can you talk about that? Is that, uh, 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 yeah, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I mean, essentially what happened was, you know, we, we put it out there through distribution and, and, um, we had networks come back and essentially agree to, to taking it on. And, you know, I'm sort of a, I'm a bit old school like that. If someone says they're going to do something, especially yeah. if there's a contract, I, I, I expect it to happen, you know, and, um, and, and I'm assuming you're doing all the work based on the fact that. You know, there's yeah. an income at the other end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that was the and that was the other thing. You know, like we we did have some sponsors for the for the show, but it was a pretty expensive show to make. Mm. You know, like it was a lot of time and a lot of people involved, and and that was uh, you know majority of that was funded by us by our production company. Um, we had we had some gear supplied. We did have some financial support through OSA. Um, Give them a shout out. They did. They put some money towards it. Um, Mystery Ranch. Can I? Can I give them a plug? Can I give them a go plug? for a, Go back yeah. to OSA first. What does that stand for? Or should uh, I know? You should. Uh, know. Shit. <laughs> you should. This always happens. Agencies. Outdoor sporting agencies. So oh yeah, right. They're, they're a distributor here. Um, no. Yeah, we've show. had them on the show, but bless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have we now? That lot. Who, who did you have? That was Craig Golding. And. Uh, uh, and um, for a time, uh, Steve Kelly, I believe, okay. he was the UK version. Was he OSA? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know those guys. But anyway, um, yeah. So they they, they were sorry, a, Craig. They were a, that's all right. They were a major sponsor. Um, OSA major sponsor. Um, Dog and Gun Coffee. Um, those guys are awesome. Uh, Sean and Rach and Corey. Those. Yep. Um, they were. I, I literally met. 
Sean, actually, there's a little story, backstory. I, I met Sean. We are talking about it at Wild Deer. I met him just as he was kicking off um, Dog and Gun when we were just starting the show. And he literally put, you know, cash up to sponsor the show out of his own pocket to help fund it, um, to, you know, as a, a support for hunting and the hunting community. So hats off to those guys, the massive supporters. Um, Mystery Ranch uh, backpacks, they mm. put in a little bit of coin and, and threw the guys some backpacks to wear. Um, so, yeah, so we had we had some um, some product support and a little bit of funding supports from, from OSA, but the rest of it was funded by us. So one thing I didn't want to do was um, – give the show away for nothing essentially um yep. i didn't want um you know any of the networks to try and bully us into basically taking our show and taking our ip so we ha- held our ground and and didn't give it away for nothing and and fox sales where we ended up so um it's probably all i can really say on that <laughs> no <laughs> that's all you can read between yeah the lines. I, no yeah no problem um being i suppose what kind of jumped in my head though is uh, being that it's Australian content was you know is that is I mean there's actually requirements for Australian content is that, is that something that you're leveraging off uh how do you mean well I thought there was requirements placed on the networks to develop yeah. Australian content that's why we've got yeah. you know come see me dance chef shows yeah, and yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff um Unfortunately, I think, unfortunately, yeah, there's still um, that compile of the things are saying that's Australian yeah. content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think um, a hunting TV series is very low on their agenda is it, at this yeah, stage, right. I think, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, look, we're, we're working, continuously working to, to change that. And uh, I think one thing that everyone can do, if they do watch the show and they like it, send Foxtel an email and tell oh, them. Yeah. That that's like great. It. I think that's a great. I think we need yep. to, yeah, highlight that. Yeah, send them an email. Say this is it. I yep. think that's Just, really good. Yeah, and I think the, the more that we can do that, um, yeah, the more that they know that they're getting an audience that they otherwise wouldn't have had because there's a lot. Like I've had that many people message saying I don't have Foxtel or I don't have Binge that have now said, ah, oh, stuff it. I'll get Binge now for fifteen bucks a month to to watch it. So you know, if they get a couple of thousand new members from it yeah. or whatever you call it subscribers from it um you know that's it's got to be worth something to them so mm. that is a good idea yeah so yeah if you're listening and you like it send foxtel an email <laughs> it's on real life by the way channel 121 yeah so the, the channel's called real life it's a it's a new channel that's all about um it's observational documentaries so is that a, is one of the one of those ones in the free to air right up the top range? Oh, okay. Well, no, it's not free to air. Uh, it's it's available on their standard Foxtel package, and then oh, okay. so that, that it's actually a streaming uh, Obdoc uh, channel that will be that's streamed into Binge, streamed into My Foxtel on Demand, and uh, do they own Binge? Yeah. Uh, so that's how you can stream it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what so, was that one so, called? Yeah. And what was that station called? Oh, the channel called real. Uh, the real, channel's real life. Real, real life. life, and it's channel one twenty one. Yeah, cool. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. So you you uh, you alluded to season two. Yep, yep. We're onto it. Um, we've got a couple of new guys and girls on board. Um, I'm just thinking. There's a there's a you've got it. There's an inherent problem with your title in season two. Season two season. 
A series two. <laughs> series two. Series two. Series two of the season. <laughs> that's it. Series two. He's in, he's in marketing. I've thought about this. <laughs> that's right. Series two. I like it. That's better. Yeah. 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 Series two of the season. Um, yeah. So we've got a couple of new guys and girls um, on board for for the next one, plus a few of the, the old favorites. Um, cool. So, yeah, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. We're going to start filming at the end of this month, actually. So mm, wow. um, heading up to uh, Coburg Peninsula for some dangerous game. So yeah, it's going to kick the series two of the season off with a bang, literally. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And uh, now you've, now you've obviously got a supporter in, in Foxtel. It's not going to be uh, a big yep. wait for you. It'll just roll through. Exactly. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. And so, you know, all those, all those emails coming through is going to back that up. And we that's a great idea. It. Yeah. I think that's uh, something yep. we can certainly get behind. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're going to start that off. Um, one thing that we are going to try and incorporate more of into season two is a bit of spear fishing, um, oh, yeah. and, and a, and a little bit of, uh, fly fishing or, or trout fishing as well. One thing that I really wanted to do, um, that I think is important is, is tie, um, the similarities between spear fishing and bow hunting and fishing and the hunting, you know, on water, underwater, on land. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, fishing is so wildly, widely accepted um, as a general rule that why isn't hunting? And so I yeah. want to try and, I want to try and tie that, um, tie those two things together and, and put them on the same platform and, you know, put them through at the same, at the same level so people can understand that it's all part of the same. Yeah, it's a pursuit of game. Pursuit, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. uh, what was it feathers, f fins, and fur? Yeah. I think that's, oh, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good name. Yeah, well, it's what it is, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's it. Yeah, it's a pursuit of game, depending yeah. on it. All it's a new TV what... show, Mark. It's a new TV show. Okay. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. Hang on a minute. <laughs> okay, I'm away. <laughs> <laughs> and we're away yeah that's it so i mean that's yeah. and i mean it you you really get kind of wacky when you get into fishing um mm. because you know if you think about trout they're actually an introduced species you know and yeah, we, we treat exactly. them like you know we literally we treat them like rolled gold yeah well, most of us do um that's it you know so that yeah it is a it is an interesting quandary that one why is mm. fishing so readily accept and not even just catch and release fishing for the table you know yep. we even call it table fish we yeah, call yeah, them table it. fish we you know yeah. you know where depending on where you're around the country you know you are going out to catch fish to eat that yep. is what you are doing yeah um and away you go and um you know and everyone is thinking that's just a fantastic well not everyone but the vast majority of people think that's a completely acceptable um worthy pursuit you know it's good for kids it's all these things it helps yeah. them you know mm, okay. my son's so my about, son's what? my son's daycare teacher didn't think it was very good no <laughs> well there is there is some really? oh no no unfortunately my little boy went to daycare and he talked about cutting things heads off and yeah. um when we got to um, the bottom of that it was because we'd just come off fraser and that's how you kill a tailor right you take its mm. head off bleed it do those sorts of things but um unfortunately not everyone has the same lifestyles uh mr hurley and um we need to educate your son to be quiet and <laughs> it didn't go down too well anyway no. um we, we no, saw I, I wouldn't imagine so yeah oh, <laughs> it's pretty funny sorry about that one 
Yeah, mm. yeah, it doesn't stop. We started Does taking it? in uh, cast antlers and things like that today, Kev, to show yeah. people how to use them right. for rattling sticks. Yeah. Yep. That's actually a really cool thing. Yeah, I'm just about to, I've got a three-year-old son and um, he's actually been on a couple of hunting trips already with us. Um, you know, he's helped me butcher deer and stuff. I want, you know, we just want to really normalize it and something that, it, you know, it's always like sat with me. Like I, I just don't know how to, I think it's one of those things you just like, you don't want to force it on them, but no. so you don't want to scare them away, but then you also want to make sure that they're around it. So it becomes yeah. norm. And um, yeah. yeah, I think one thing you just yeah, touched on it there, that the casties, like you want to take them out casty hunting and, just cruise around and um, see if we can find some outlers. That's just yeah. a cool way to get the kids out. And we also hunt uh, monsters in the front yard with the bow and arrow. So yep. that's always a fun that's I found a bed, with, bedtime uh, activity. <laughs> I found with my boys, fishing was the was the gateway drug, you know? Yeah. Um, and fishing for food too, by the way. So catch mm. and release might be confusing but fishing for food was pretty much straightforward we'd catch it if it was the right so we'd you know there was the question of is this the right fish to keep if yeah. it wasn't the right fish to keep the wrong size something like that we put it back in we'd make sure you know we released it but if we weren't going to release it we were going to keep it there was a very distinct reason for that and it turned into food and i've got a photo of him you know three or four years old and he's got his little kids you know, took, you know, knife, yeah. so a little red plastic handle and a little blade, and he's he's just holding it on the whiting, and uh, that that was the, the journey for him to understand food, uh, or the uh, beginning of that journey. Um, though I've got two boys, and my my youngest, who's only two years old, he's not interested really at all in hunting, but my eldest is completely, you know, he. It consumes him, you know. Like, yeah. And we got a fifteen meter archery range here, and we sh shoot bow and arrow, uh, in you know here here. And his mates come over and they shoot too. And we got a pig and a fox target, so we're not just shooting a target. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. this funny pig thing, and they pat it around and stuff. Um. So yeah, I found that fishing was a great way into it. And yeah. when he was six, I took him on his first hunt. And there's a we got a pig in state forest, and there's a he. And we butchered the pig for some of the meat, and he's looked at that thing for about an hour, and he just studied it and kind of went, "Oh, you know, well, that's you know." And it was quite—he was fascinated by it. And I think that's, that's you cool. know, that was just him. His brother's not that particularly interested at all. And we hunt once we go away once every year in winter. It's coming up in about eight weeks. We'll go, and yeah, he's he's and that's actually I've got a couple of stories about that because he's getting each time he goes he's getting closer and closer to to participating rather than just That's being cool. there for the for the adventure but um yeah i found fishing was the really the good thing that introduced him because it was a you know it was, you know some people say like rabbits and things like that because simply the size and you know the, and but we yeah. didn't i didn't have that opportunity so fishing pro provided that that, yeah. uh, that opportunity yeah um and he the he's uh his school has a thing called class dojo, which is this kind of closed loop social media system that schools use to communicate with the parents and stuff. So you join the, you join the, the class dojo group for his, the, their particular class. Yeah. And he's for, you know, so, and it, and it's just social media, but it's just a closed loop and the teacher's got to accept who's in on it and, 
the teacher is the admin. So if the kids post something, it goes through teacher admin and all that stuff first. But it's a really good communication tool. Yeah. And he's always posting, you know, pig skulls <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. He's always doing that. Um, and the, the funny thing was years ago when he was only – oh, he's in, he was in daycare. Um, and we had a, a gun, gun safe inspection by the coppers and they came around and they did the inspection. And he came home with his mum and she picked him up from daycare and, um, and the coppers gave him one of those little, um, you know, junior detective stickers. And we just happened to have a heap of lanyards. So I put it on a bit of cardboard and put it inside <laughs> a lanyard. So it was like, well, neck. And he wore it to um, daycare. Actually, no, it was prep. We were at prep. He was in prep. He wore it to prep the next day. And they asked him, you know, where'd you get that? And then he said something like, oh, the, when the police came to talk to Dad about all these guns, they gave it to me. <laughs> something like that. You know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> something something innocently diabolical like that. So yeah. next, next time I went to pick him up, they went, can we have a word with you, please, sir? <laughs> Step uh, into the office. <laughs> can you explain this? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no worries at all. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a five-year-old now, and he's a metasaurus, so it was it was easy to 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 show him how to um, turn a piece of rump off a, a leg that we could cut off into the pieces of steak that he was pointing to on the shelf at the supermarket. So he picked it up straight away. He He, he knows that we've got a little farm out here. We run a few sheep. So we hang those up. Yep. Now I don't. He doesn't participate in um, slaughtering them, but certainly once they're hanging and we're butchering, he's he loves it. He, he you know he likes to yeah. understand all of the bits and pieces, and he, and I'm okay with that. Once it's once it once the blood's gone and the guts gone and everything, it's all exactly. it's all yeah. just fine. Yeah. But it, he you know we watch you know various different little shows on YouTube and things like that that are that are okay for him to watch. And I've got a an indicating dog that I take hunting when I go um, chasing deer and. And uh, I caught him the other day with his suction cap bow and arrow and Missy, my dog, stalking the chickens in the garden. I thought, this, this is the coolest <laughs> That's thing. That's so good. And I just sat that back and so watched good. him. That's a- Plinking away at chickens. That's a proud <laughs> yeah, dad good. moment right that's there. Right. Yeah, that's I love it. That's really good. That's fantastic. fantastic. I mean, we got, we got, I got the, I'm just finishing off the buffalo mount downstairs. There's a pig skull around the side of the house and then there's a, uh, an old, uh, well, last year's cold red deer stuck in a tree out the front. So I'm in the sure. middle of the city, yep, doing yeah, well there. So, so. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, um, I might I might wrap it up here uh, and just say um, what a pleasure it's been to have you on the on the show, Craig. Um, great backstory, all of the insights that are coming into um, what the season's going to be. I'm really looking forward to it. I wasn't quite sure how it was going to play out with various different personalities and whether we were going to go on a, a longer-term journey with them, but um, I've certainly understood that now and I uh, can't wait for tomorrow night for episode two. Um, yeah. So thanks for sharing. I think it's been awesome. Um, love to love to have you back at some point um, when we're further through the season to um, just to, to check in and see how it's all going. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having us, guys, and, um, yeah, really appreciate the support and look forward to catching up next time. Mate, uh, we appreciate your time and um, and you know sharing your stories with us. And I think that uh, I think the takeaway is um, let's um, pr- promote 
contacting Foxtel. Yeah, get behind sending it. Sending those emails. Yeah. Let's say, you know, get let's think it. about it. They're, they're, a, they're a business. Let's tell them that there's people out there who want their product. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, if you're, if you're on Instagram, jump on our Instagram, the season uh, AU, and, um, yeah, give us a follow or drop us a DM and, yeah, start the conversation. And if there's anything that you want to see for the second series, maybe get in touch. Good stuff. Yep. Great. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I was just looking at it. I'm sure we're already there on the Instagram thing. Oh, you were there. Yep. You guys are. Yeah, we've that's been. it. <laughs> we've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, yeah, we've been yeah, there yeah. for a year. That, that's me. That's me not so subtly telling you that I don't really understand how Instagram works. Um, <laughs> I'm all over it. It's okay, mate. I'm glad that you don't. I, I don't understand either. Cause that's it. That's I, right. Luckily, I, Ian's there with the Instagram thing. I'm okay with Facebook. I've got the Facebook figured just out. Just search but, uh, it because I can't actually remember what our handle is. So no, I could, <laughs> the trouble I have with Instagram is I can't ever seem to find out how to actually access the DMs. I don't know. It tells me there's a message from someone. You don't access. I can't, you don't, I can't you don't, find the messages. It says it's there's a message. because you don't access your DMs. You've got to slide into them. You've got to that's slide right. into ah, your DMs. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's another arch. That was a dad joke. Sorry. Arch. I apologize. <laughs> very good. All right. Have a good evening. Thank you, Craig. We'll chat to you again. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate See it. See you guys. <laughs>